Hello my friends. So, today I want to talk about how I think that in order for us to return to any semblance of a traditional society with traditional values for the, the family to become important again and for marriage to become sacred again for um, gender roles to become self-evident again for all of these things to happen and of course for uh, race to be for people to become conscious of race again in order for this to happen we must return to the conditions under which these virtues and these ideas and these principles were developed in the first place. Which was an agrarian society based on a household economy. And this is something that Thomas Jefferson talks about in his notes on the state of Virginia which is a fascinating read. If you haven't read that, definitely go check that out. Jefferson's Notes on the State of Virginia. He talks about race and biology. He compares the white race to uh, the black race. He also talks a lot about economics and his uh, opposition to allowing manufacturers, uh, what we would think of today as industrialists or, you know, big corporations to get a foothold in the United States. He, that was the last thing that he wanted because what Jefferson wanted, what his vision for the Republic was, was, uh, a situation where the vast majority of people remained agrarian household people, uh, household families. He wanted the family to remain the nucleus of society so that all activity centered around the household and the family. That there wouldn't be this split between, like, home and work. And so... In turn, there also wouldn't be a split between men and women, and also between parents and children, which would come later. But that the whole breakup of the family could only begin with the breakup of this household economy and the introduction of manufacturing and the introduction of the commodification of labor and. Uh, these turning points in the economic development of America were absolutely detrimental to the, the virtues which upheld the previous household economy. It's things like, once you introduce, or once you break up the family, once you have a large class of men, for instance, 
that would never own property. Because this is this is what ended up happening as America developed. Uh, especially through immigration and whatnot. You had a class of people that was dependent upon the manufacturers. The manuf these industrialists, these financial people, the big businessmen. You had a whole class of men who were dependent upon them for survival. And a whole class of men that would never be the owner and master of their own business and their own household. That, that was a major uh, primary thing of the household economy was that men were the masters of their property and their business was conducted on their property. It was a bunch of independent families that had independent businesses. And not just businesses, but subsistence farming. And they pretty much secured for themselves all of the necessities for life. They, I mean, would buy and trade things that they couldn't produce themselves. But the idea that, they're, that they would make a living by selling their labor and that they would survive by purchasing the things that they needed, like food, was completely alien to the household economy, the agrarian society of early America that Jefferson wanted to promote. Um, this idea that you'd have to rely on buying things and selling your labor, it just like didn't make any sense to the vast majority of people which were small property owners that made their own living literally, they didn't buy what they needed, they made it or they traded for it and most of their work was I mean almost all of their work was unpaid the idea that you'd get like an hourly wage for working as a craftsman or a farmer or whatever is ridiculous because the reason you worked was not to make money. The reason you worked was to survive. The reason you worked was to secure your means of survival. That's a pretty crucial difference. And so that sort of lifestyle according to Jefferson, and I agree, is the type of lifestyle that promotes a unified, coherent family. It promotes order and hierarchy, the authority of the man, because he owned the property and because he, he uh, organized and dictated how the management of that property would go. But it also not just strengthen the order and hierarchy which made a well-ordered successful society possible but it also promoted cohesion and unity within the family unit and between the husband and wife they weren't separated in any way they were part of a unit that had to work together to survive 
And that situation is very different from what would come after when, against the wishes of, of Jefferson, uh, manufacturing became the primary mode of economy in America. And once that began to happen, like I said, you, you create this huge class of men that would never become their own masters. They would never be the masters of their own land. They would never uh, be independent in their securance of survival, of the means of survival. They would always depend upon some other man giving them a job and paying them for the work they've done. And again, they depend on other men to bring them food to buy. And they depend on them actually taking the money that they've been given in exchange for the food. And it's just, there's so much then that, and many of these men wouldn't even own their own property. So a, a central pillar of the authority of men over their family, for instance, and the condition which promoted a cohesive, unified family uh, disappeared once this manufacturing economy took hold. And it really made the family obsolete because now the nucleus of society, the thing that you need to survive is not a strong, independent, cohesive family. It's a job. It's, it's the workplace becomes the uh, nucleus of society. And it also divides men from women and parents from children. It creates these separate demographic groups with different interests. Because now, instead of men and women working as part of a coherent, cohesive family structure toward a single goal, now they have different goals because now they're both workers that are competing for often the same job. And... Not only that, but for women who weren't going into work at the factories, for women who were married to property-owning husbands, even they began to feel the alienation from their husband and from their families because now men and women are seen as being part of these completely separate spheres where the man goes and works and the woman stays at home and takes care of the kids or takes care of the household and because it's the work that brings in the money and it's the money that you need to survive suddenly the man's work becomes, in the eyes of most people, and in reality, it becomes the most important. It becomes 
orders of magnitude more important than what the woman is doing because the woman doesn't bring in money with her work. So by shifting to an emphasis on money and getting money for your labor and using that money to buy things to secure the means of survival, suddenly you have a situation where men and women have a wedge put between them. And women now become sort of irrelevant. I mean, they're what they're doing is just menial labor at this point. Because you could pay a maid. And this is what a lot of like early feminists were arguing is that, look, uh, women deserve just as much of a stake in the property as men because if you didn't have a wife there to take care of your property and take care of the kids and cook and clean and whatnot, uh, you'd have to pay someone for it. So they began making the argument that, you know, what they're doing is worth just as much as the man. But in reality, you know, just being a maid or a cook uh, or a nanny, a caretaker, and seeing your job as a wife as being just like those jobs, nanny, cook, caretaker, or whatever, it really cheapens. It cheapens the role of a woman. And it also glorifies uh, unduly the the role of going out and working to bring in money. And before this, before this situation occurred, there was no cheapness to it. It was seen as uh, just one unit, like I was saying. It was seen as one activity with a single goal. The family worked together. The, the mother's work wasn't seen as a maid's work or whatever, because for the common people, even just the concept of a maid was ridiculous. The idea that you would hire someone to take care of your house, that you would hire someone, the idea that you would pay somebody just for work was sort of a novelty for them. It was something that nobody really made their living that way. Everybody made their living on their own. So, without that situation, without that sort of a setup, the family is really not of primary importance. And it's no wonder that arguments for certain virtues are just ignored or brushed off or laughed at or even like mocked and considered stupid by most well-educated bug people living in the city because those virtues are meaningless for their life. I mean, their life does not require those things and it's really sort of a burden that they don't want because it's not relevant to them. It doesn't help them in any way because they're not living a life where those sorts of virtues are required. So what we need are the return of the conditions which require those virtues. Thanks for watching.